ओम ज्ञान Shri Ramananda Rai Shampatir Madhe Jibe Kon Shampati Gani Shampati Ramadhe Jibe Radha Krishna Premo Jashe Borodhani Radha Krishna Premo Jashe Borodhani Translation Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked of the many capitalists who possess great riches who is the topmost ramananda rai replied he who is richest in love for radha and krishna is the greatest capitalist purport everyone in this material world is attempting to acquire riches to satisfy the senses actually no one cares for anything other than acquiring material possessions and maintaining them the wealthy are general, generally accepted as the most important personalities in the material world but when we compare a material man of wealth to one wealthy in devotional service to radha and krishna the latter is found to be the greatest capitalist according to shrimad bhagavatam kim alabhyang bhagavati prasanne shri niketane tatapi tatparajan na e what is difficult for the devotees of Lord Krishna who is the shelter of the goddess of fortune although such devotees can obtain anything O king they do not desire anything <coughs> this is from the this verse is from the famous discussion between Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Rai in this section Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asks Ramananda Rai about what is what are the definitions of various words and Ramananda Rai gives definitions according to the dictionary of bhakti it's different definition according than that which would normally be expected so here the question here is about wealth Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is asking which which wealth for the jiva for the living being what is actually wealth So Ramananda Rai and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu they from the material point of view we sh- we shouldn't see them from the material point of view but those who would see them from the material point of view would see that Ramananda Rai was very wealthy he was the governor i suppose you could say uh, under prataparudra maharaj of a large area of what would now be andhra pradesh india at that time was very wealthy they're talking about india making developing but it was already so developed that the people from the western countries were all coming to loot india so it was already very developed before the westerners came and told them that it was undeveloped having taken everything away and then they told them it's just see your poverty stricken so uh, ramananda rai was very wealthy and chaitanya mahaprabhu although adopting the pastime of a uh, or, as if from an ordinary brahmin family he was actually the the husband of the goddess of fortune his wife two wives lakshmi one of them was known as lakshmi lakshmi priya they're all lakshmi chaitanya mahaprabhu was so wealthy that he gave this up unlimited wealth so then neither of them are strangers to wealth from the material point of view therefore chaitanya mahaprabhu is asking 
what is actual wealth? Because, as Srila Prabhupada notes in the purport, everyone is mad after wealth. It's considered so important. We find the, among the four items which are listed as the four basic items of what are considered the results of good karmic reactions. Janmaishvarya Shruta Shri. So birth in a good family. And Aishvarya, wealth. Shruta, to be well educated. And Shri, to have bodily beauty. So material wealth is considered very important especially in the materialistic age. Who's the richest person in the world? Is it still Bill Gates? Anyone keep up with these things? It's still Bill Gates. He's pretended to renounce it all. But he's st- in the 1980s, it was the Sultan of Brunei. If you've ever heard of him. He was a rich man. means he was sitting on top of a little country with a lot of oil. I don't know what happened. Maybe the oil went away or Bill Gates filled up his business more. But Anyway, he was a rich man. Probably still is. So there are so many rich people. There are so many famous families in America. Rockefeller, Rothschild, and then there's that Morgan, Morgan Chase Bank, and rich families. And in England, some of the richest people are actually Indians. Mittal is one, and this uh, Hinduja, he's a rich business. He comes to our temple every day in London, most days. They're rich people. They have a lot of money. So they're famous because of that. That's also one of the six opulences of Bhagavan. The first one mentioned, Aishvaryasya, Samagrasya, who has all wealth, that is Bhagavan. He has everything. Who is God? So that's an attractive quality. Krishna means all attractive. So, one of the things that makes Krishna all attractive is that he has all wealth. Everything belongs to him. And if anyone in this world has many possessions, they're considered very wealthy. And they are uh, famous because of that. They're respected because of that. Why? I don't know, people give uh, importance to wealth, but one is considered a, a respectable gentleman if he has money. And if you don't have money, may not be your fault, or maybe just the quirks of fate, or you may have very good character, but one is, that saying is there, a bum in the street, you have nothing. Simply useless. So, uh, wealth. Wealth is concerned. When we talk about wealth, it's because it's an English word. I don't know exactly how it translates into Hrvatsky. But it doesn't mean just mean money. It means lots of money. When we get, when we talk about wealth, we don't talk about something, uh, might, I'm, I'm wealthy. I have uh, 200 kuna. That's not wealthy. It's money, but it's not wealth. Wealth means when you have a lot more than you need. That's considered wealthy. You could say my total wealth is, I don't know, 20,000 kuna. I'm worth 20,000 kuna, but it's it's nothing to... It's not wealthy, it's just something. But wealthy means... When we talk about a wealthy person, it means... Everyone has some wealth, but when we talk about a wealthy person... We think about someone who drives a, a very fancy car and has a very fancy house and servants and probably in this country they'd have lots of big dogs also. And uh, maybe flashing some gold rings and like this. Important people. And with wealth comes power also. And with and influence. So... Wealth. People want wealth. There are many people who... Of course, most people, are, they're not so ambitious. They're just trying to get enough money to pay for their 
food and for their dog food and all the basic necessities of life. <laughs> they don't uh, they don't have any great ambition, but some people are very ambitious. Let me become rich, let me have lots of money. In India, there's a lot of social pressure. You should be a success. Means you should make lots of money. They don't make much money. They don't know what much money. But it's considered a success if you earn more money than most people. So, uh, wealth. Yeah, people are very interested in. Some of the wealthy people of the world, they're, they, uh, they want to perpetuate, even after they've died, they want to perpetuate their wealth and therefore they build fancy tombs, mausoleums, pyramids, Taj Mahal. Of course, that was built by someone for his wife. Uh, but it's like showing up. You see, I, I want, I'm not going to stay, but at least people should know in future that how wealthy I was. Or in the modern age, they, they make a trust or a foundation, Ford Foundation, something like that. They put their name on it. Or they open a hospital. I don't know what they do in this country, but they, they'll open a hospital in their name. And then all the other people are going to die in future after them. They can die in their hospital. So they'll die remembering the name of the person who made the hospital or whatever. When you have plenty of money, then uh, just to show people, you become a philanthropist. And you make a show of doing good to others. But the real aim is to proclaim to everyone, you see, I'm so rich. Now I'm so rich, I have become your best friend. Ami bina bandhu arake a chetoma, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said. Apart from me, who is your friend? Well, there's this philanthropist and that and the other and people like to be known as great, greatly charitable persons. After they, after they squeeze everyone and cheat them and then exploit them and get all their money, and then they open a charity to show what good people they are with all the extra money they've got. So, uh, wealth and, yeah, like I was saying, some people they become famous. Like, uh, even, even after they've passed away, they're famous for their wealth. In, in uh, Hyderabad, in India, the Nizam, he was fabulously wealthy. Yeah, this was 50 years ago, something like this. He had rooms full of jewels, just like piles of jewels like that and as a typical miser he didn't do anything with it he just kept it that's all <laughs> until uh, who was that uh, that Sardar Patel took it all away from him anyway that's what happens so people want to be rich we, uh, apart from showing wealth there's the idea that well we can enjoy ourselves if I have lots of money I can enjoy myself you see, I'm living in Germany and if I get enough money I can go on holiday to Croatia. <laughs> well, that's, you don't have to have lots of money to go to Croatia. I guess if you have lots of money you'd go to, I don't know, Bermuda or some place like that. Not Croatia. That's also press. Where do you go on holiday, you see? You have to see. If you, if you go to Croatia, yeah. <laughs> if you go to Bermuda, oh, yeah. That's very good. That's expensive. So it's all prestige. It's, you, if you go to the North Sea, that's <laughs> that's nothing. Who goes to the North Sea? It's just all cold, 12 months a year. So, have the good things of life. You can go to the expensive restaurants and buy your wife or girlfriend or both a fancy <laughs> mink fur coat and diamond rings and all these kind of things. Have all the good things. Eat good food. Very good food. And then you can go to the... After you've messed your stomach up, you can go to the best doctor and pay him lots of money to give you some medicine which doesn't cure you. 
So these are the advantages of wealth. When you're when you're driving, you can drive in a fancy. You can get in the traffic jam. You can be in a big fancy car. <laughs> the advantage. You can look outside next to you. Someone in. A, you can be in a big Bentley or Jaguar car, and you can look and. Look down. You're just in a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Who are you? I'm. I'm in a big fancy car. I'm. I'm more important than you. So you can get all the good things. All of you can buy all the latest gadgets and and uh, enjoy life in this way. So. Uh, why are people after wealth? Well, the idea is that it gives you pleasure. It sets you apart from others. It gives you prestige. Uh, it fulfills, well, basically, that at the very most basic level, it fulfills our needs. And money fulfills our needs. Wealth is something more than just fulfilling our needs. Money is fulfilling our, for fulfilling needs, and then wealth is for fulfilling our greed, what is more, more than we need. And wealth is also supposed to, the idea is that it will protect us from suffering. If we have lots of money, then uh, we can, in our house, we can put air conditioning in every room to protect us from the heat, and then heaters to protect us from the cold, and we can have we have so much money, so we have to have guards to protect against the thieves, and uh, we can like that. We can go and have good, what's called good medical treatment. Uh, so this, these are the advantages of wealth. Everyone wants to be wealthy, that is considered important and prestigious among materialistic people. However, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dictionary, or Ramananda, Ramananda Rai's dictionary, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is learning from Ramananda Rai, actually he's inspiring Ramananda from within the heart, real wealth is love for Radha and Krishna. That's the example, an example of how that is the greatest wealth is given, well, all the Goswamis, Chattva, Turnama, Shesha, Mandala, Pati, Srining, Sada, Tuchavat, Bhutva, Dina, Ganesha, Kokarunaya, Kopina, Kanta, Shrito. Of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, uh, several of them, before becoming renounced, before accepting the renounced situation, they were from highly wealthy backgrounds. Rupa and Sanatan, they were the uh, prime minister and finance minister of Nawab Hussein Shah, who was a uh, successful robber, you could say. He was the king, but he was, uh, he was he was going and... Well, that's what kings did in those days. They just invaded each other's territories and looted it. I mean, it's still going on today, isn't it? I mean, in the name of humanitarianism and democracy, the United Nations, or they have entered Iraq. It's not, you know, it's the same thing. It's They just put some nice verbiage on it these days but the idea is you've got something that we want and we take it over and might makes right so uh, Nawab Hussein Shah he was quite right in as much as he was quite powerful he was quite mighty so Rupa and Sanatan they were uh, the two they, between them they were running the government and Nawab Hussein Shah was just uh, off here and there exploiting others. So they're very wealthy. When Rupa Goswami retired, he had a whole boat full of gold he took away with him. He's very wealthy. 
and Raghunath Daskar Swami, his opulence, which he did, he inherited from his his family, opulence was such it was considered to be equal to that of Indra, who is from an extraordinarily wealthy family. Then who else was there? Raghunath Bhatta, not particularly wealthy family, all of them from aristocratic family. Jiva Goswami from the same family as Rupa and Sanatana, and Gopal Bhatta from South India, also not particularly wealthy. But three of, three of them in particular, and I guess Jiva Goswami also you could say. But three of them in particular, because Jiva Goswami left home at a young age, but the other three, they'd all, Rupa Sanatana and Raghunath Das, they'd seen very high standard of wealth. But they left it all. They left it all. Gopi Bhava. What is that? Gopi Bhava Rasamnatandi Lahari Kalola Magno Mahur. They left all that to live. They simply, uh, they had kupin, which means loincloth. And this uh, kantha, which means a Patchwork quilt. I think in this country people would have also made that up, up until a recent time. Maybe the older people they saw that. Patchwork quilt means when people's cloth gets old, they wear it until it gets quite torn, and then they put it all together and make a uh, like a cover to keep warm in the winter when you're sleeping. So that's made from old cloth. So poor people, the rich people, that's not for rich people, but for poor people, they still, they keep their old cloth and they make this, what's called a patchwork quilt, it's called kanta. So this, this is what they had. Though previously they would be using the most expensive rugs and clothing and jewel clothing, everything, but they accepted this. There's the story of Sanatan Goswami when he came to Varanasi. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw he had renounced the world, but his brother-in-law had given Sanatana Goswami a very expensive blanket. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he indicated, you should give this up also. Don't, don't keep any signs of wealth or opulence. So they were living a very, uh, externally, what appeared to be a very renounced life, no wealth. No sign of anything wealth. But their wealth was <coughs> that they continuously dived and surfaced in the ocean of Gopi Bhavarasamrata. The nectar of the mellows of the uh, feelings of the cowherd damsels of Vrindavan. So that was their wealth. Sanatana Goswami, there's the uh, narration is told of him, that one yogi in the Himalaya, he was performing austerity to supplicate Lord Shiva. And he wanted Lord Shiva to fulfill his desire. So this yogi, he was cutting his own flesh and offering it into the fire to get Lord Shiva's mercy, which is a stupid thing to do because you can just worship him with bale leaves and he's satisfied. Bale leaves and water. He's Ashutosh. He's easily satisfied. But anyway, this materialistic person wanted to make sure, so he was cutting his own flesh and offering it in the fire. So Lord Shiva came and said, okay, what do you want? And he said, I want the most valuable thing in the world. So Lord Shiva said, well, you won't get it up here in the Himalayas. Go and see Sanatana Goswami in Vrindavan. So the man came down and found Sanatana Goswami sitting, sitting, uh, looking very poor. He didn't didn't look like he had the most valuable thing in the world. He was Kopin and Kanta. So, is there you, Sananga Swami? Yes. Do you have the most valuable thing in the world? Yes. 
Can you give it to me? Yes. So, all right, give it. So Sanatan Goswami said, over in the garbage there, there's, uh, it's called a parashmani. That you touch it or anything and that will become gold. Touchstone. So you, you can take it. Really? Yeah, yeah, take it, take it. So he took it. Great. Taking it away and thinking, wait a minute. What's going on here? Why is, that's the most valuable thing in the world. Then why is he not interested in it? Must be cheating me. <laughs> so he went back and said, Is that really the most valuable thing in the world? Have you got anything more valuable than that? And he said, Yeah, I have something more valuable than that. So, can you give it to me? Yes. But first you have to throw away that parashman. So he thought, okay, it's a good deal, I'll get something better. So he threw it away. And then, you all know the story, it's a well-known story. You come and sit and chant with me, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Now, this doesn't seem to make any sense. Parashman, this touchstone, you won't get it. Where will we get it? We don't even hear of it nowadays. Where will, will you get something where you touch it and everything turns to gold? Or just by your desire, everything can become gold. But anyone can chant Hare Krishna. So how is it more valuable? I mean, wealth is that which should make you more, it should be something, it should be something so valuable that others don't have it. What's the use? of having so much riches if it doesn't make you more wealthy than others. Even gold, you see. I mean, actually, what is the value of gold? People are, they like gold. I mean, what can you do with it, actually? There's not much you can... It doesn't have much practical value. The uh, Spanish, when they came to South America, they saw these Incas, and they had so much gold... And the, uh, these people, they gave them gifts. They saw the Spanish people coming, they gave them gifts of valuable rugs. They said, what are they giving us rugs for? Well, these people, they valued rugs more than gold. They had plenty of, lots of gold. But they thought rugs are more valuable because it keeps, a, it keeps us warm in the winter. And so he said to this man, you want gold? Yeah, we have plenty of gold. But, you know, there's not much we can do with it. How are you? Take as much as you want. So the Spanish people, they thought, hey, these people are playing games with us. And they just killed them all. That was their reciprocation. But uh, the wealth should be, some, wealth should be something uh, difficult to obtain. Well, in one sense, it is difficult to obtain. Krishna Bhakti, it's not... Attained by anyone. Anyone can get it. It's open to everyone. But not everyone takes it. Not everyone can recognize it. It's just like, uh, you see, you can get gems made out of glass. And someone who's not trained, they can't tell the difference between glass and diamonds. One who's trained, they know the difference. So people who don't know, they think, well, to get a lot of money, that's very valuable. They don't recognize the value of chanting Hare Krishna. Even many of the people who are chanting Hare Krishna, they don't recognize the value. It's, uh, yeah, it's a nice song. Yeah, it's nice. But how valuable is Krishna? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by his life showed how valuable is Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was always pining for Krishna. Ramananda Rai also. That Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met Ramananda Rai. 
they, when they spoke and they, they met and then they spoke all night and Ramananda Rai said, you please stay here for a few more days with me. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, why a few days? You come and live with me all your life. We'll live together all our life. We'll talk together all night, every night about Krishna. So Ramananda Rai, he, was, he had a very big position. He left that also just to come and live with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because he found nothing more valuable than discussing Krishna. So, <coughs> Krishna consciousness, that is the actual wealth of the jiva. There is no other wealth. What we call wealth in this material world, it's just something else which ties us to this material world, causes material attachment. Uh, Attachment causes birth and death. And even uh, apart from the attachment that, that that causes us to get born again and again, the attachment to having wealth, even while we have it, wealth is the, is a cause of great anxiety. Again, Sanatan Goswami, when he, uh, that's a long story how he wanted to leave the service as the Prime Minister of Nawab Hussein Shah, who didn't allow him. He, he said he, he locked the Nawab locked him up in prison. You want to leave my service? Forget it. Go to prison. So Rupa Goswami sent. He'd already left. He got out quick. He was he was uh, more fortunate in that sense. So Rupa Goswami sent Sanatan some money by which he Sanatan bribed his way out of prison. And then Sanatan was going with his servant Ishan. They were going on the country paths to avoid arrest. And uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to know that Ishan, out of the gold coins that Rupa Goswami had sent, Sanatana Goswami, his idea was just to leave it all behind, but Ishan had surreptitiously kept some with him, eight gold coins. And Sanatana Goswami, he, he was uh, very intelligent, he could understand people's actions, that's why he was the prime minister, he was, he could, he was a diplomat. He was. So when the hotel keeper treated Sanatana Goswami very nicely, even though Sanatana Goswami in that area was unknown and he was disguised looking like a, a bum to use the colloquial word um, <clears throat> and Sanatana Goswami said why is this this hotel keepers treating me very nicely something's going on here he shouldn't treat me so nicely people looking like me we don't get we don't get treated nicely when you when you, when it's known that you're a prime minister and you have lots of money and power and position then people treat you nicely and when they think that you're just a beggar in the street, then they don't treat you nicely. So why is he treating me nicely? And then he understood. Ishan, yes. Do you have any money? Yes. What do you have? Seven gold coins. So Sanatan said, give them to me. And Sanatan brought them to the hotel keeper and said, here, look, take this. And the hotel keeper said, well, that's good, you're giving it to me, because I was going to kill you and take it anyway. That's why I was treating you nicely. I was going, but you, so you saved me from sin. I, I found out from my astrologer that you had eight gold coins. And Ishan said, there's only seven. <laughs> so Sanatan said, no, no, you please take it. If, the hotel keeper said, no, you keep it. I'm very satisfied with you. You just keep it and I'll help you get over the hilly area. But Sanatan said, no, no, you better take it because if you don't kill me and take it, someone else will kill me and take it. So then Sanatan said to Ishan, do you have anything left? Still? He said, yeah. <laughs> just one gold coin. So he said, okay, take it and go. So Sanatan, he said that this this wealth... It is a death knell, which means it, it's, uh, it's a, a 
It indicates death. It will, having this money means we're going to get killed. It's, we've heard in some cities, in, in New York City, we've heard if you go in the central area at night, it's very dangerous. If you have money, people will kill you to take your money. And if you don't have money, they'll kill you also. They, they mug you. Do you have any money? No. You don't have any money? Then what's the use of you being alive? They'll kill you anyway. Of course, mostly people use credit cards nowadays. So, uh, wealth in this mature world, it's a, if you have it, it causes anxiety. And if you don't have it, it also causes anxiety. If you don't have it, you're thinking, I need money for this and for that. And you're envious of others. And if you do have it, then you're in anxiety and you're envied by others. And actually some people like that. to be en- they, they deliberately build a big house and have a big car to be envied by others. They like that. That other people will... If people who can't do anything to me, if they envy me, that's good. <laughs> so... But that can uh, that can turn into danger also, just like we find uh, there are so many examples in history: French Revolution, Russian Revolution, the uh, French Revolution, the, the noblemen and the church. They were very wealthy, and the common people they didn't have enough food. The famous saying when Marie Antoinette was told that the people don't have bread to eat. She said, then let them eat cake. And uh, as a result of that, she uh, became one of the many who had her head separated from her body by an ingenious device invented by Monsieur Guillotine. So, you may be very wealthy, but uh, people are envying you and if, if that gets out of control, then uh, you may suffer severely for that. So you have to organize uh, uh, security guards and all kinds of alarms on your home to protect yourself. And I don't think this happens much. That's maybe one advantage of Croatia not being such a rich country. But in countries where people are, where there are rich people, then it's quite common kidnapping. They'll kidnap the child of a rich man and say, "Give us so much money, otherwise we'll kill him." And after, if you don't send the money after two days, they'll send one finger. And the next day, another finger. Because there's not much. You, once you kill the child, then you don't get. You know, you're not getting any money, are you? So it's like a game of. Uh, it's like a nasty game. Who will who will crack first? Usually they send the money. So like that. So wealth causes so much anxiety, and in modern society, they've made a system to put everyone in ang- and to artificially give people wealth and put them in anxiety throughout their work, throughout their lives. It's called, well, they call it credit. It actually means that you become a debtor all your life. You buy a house, but you don't really buy it because you owe the money. All your life you have to work to pay for it. And your car, you, you have to, by the time you finish paying for it, it's a bunch of junk and you have to buy another one. Or you probably sell it as soon as you buy your car, five minutes later, whatever you bought it for, the value goes down by about two or three thousand euros, depending what car you get. So like this, the wealth, uh, they have this system of making people feel that they are wealthy while <coughs> actually keeping them, keeping them in debt all their life. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, through Ramananda Rai, is here pointing out that the real wealth is Krishna consciousness. No one, can, no one can take it away. There's nothing any. If if one wants to be Krishna conscious, then no one can take it. 
away. There's nothing anyone can do. It's your permanent asset. And it fulfills one's needs in the most perfect manner. Wealth, material wealth, whatever we, whatever we can purchase with that, still we're always dissatisfied. But with Krishna conscious, we're always, one is always satisfied. In fact, it's the only thing which can actually satisfy us. <coughs> and it's very easy to obtain. Not everyone can be wealthy in the material sense. And mostly people become wealthy after a lot of endeavor. But with Krishna consciousness, it's very easily obtainable, which is again one reason why people th- they think, well, what's the value? Because what's the point? You see, anyone can get it. But uh, they don't realize that it is actual wealth because yenatma supraseedati. It gives actual satisfaction to the self, which mundane wealth can never do. One may have a sense of satisfaction of thinking, I have so much money in the bank. But that doesn't, that satisfies the false ego, but it doesn't satisfy the soul. So, Krishna comes, like I say, anyone can obtain it, but on the other hand, not everyone can obtain it, because not everyone's intelligent enough to understand the value. Because mostly people are on the level of false ego. One has to transcend that level and then realize that as Lord Krishna states in the Bhagavad Gita, a self-realized person sees a, uh, a clod of earth and gold as being the same. Because maybe a clod of earth is better because you can grow some food in it. But gold... Value is ascribed to gold throughout history in human society. Gold has been considered uh, and not just an emblem of wealth, but it is wealth. If one has lots of gold, one is considered wealthy. We have the name. Hiranya Kashipu. Hiranya means gold. So his wealth, that's, that means he who has wealth and fancy beds. So this... That was his name, Golden Bed. <laughs> Even the bed he sleeps on is golden. A wealthy man, they may have golden toilet, golden doorknobs and golden flush <coughs> handle. And, yeah, that's when you when you when you are uh, ridiculously rich, then you can have a gold flush on the toilet. <laughs> That's that's ridiculous, but you can have it just to show how wealthy you are. But then, uh, what is the point? And then you die, and then you become who knows what. Where do you go? What? Where is the Nawab of what's his name? This uh, Nizam of Hyderabad. Now he had so much wealth. Even at that time, he wasn't happy. He was a very miserable miserly kind of person. So, uh, where, where will you go? But if we have the wealth of Krishna conscious, then that's always auspicious. It is a wealth which is, can never be taken away. And it increases all the time. And it fully satisfies the self. So, uh, we're inviting everyone here to invest in Krishna consciousness. There are so many schemes for becoming wealthy. You, in, you put your money in this trust or something like trust funds and then after 20 years you'll get so much money back. Or Some years ago in India there were all these advertisements so you invest in teak farms or and then you'll get lots of money back. And I don't know what happened to that. I never heard of anyone becoming rich. It's probably all the teak wood failed or something. Someone became rich, probably. The people who are making the advertisement. There are so many schemes for cheating people. Uh, but this is 
Guaranteed. This is actually guaranteed. We can say this is guaranteed. If anyone else says guaranteed, don't trust them. Just like Prabhupada said, the doctors will say guaranteed cure, but there's no guarantee. No doctor can guarantee any cure. Or, or they'll say, uh, take this computer course, and then guaranteed you'll get a job. You'll be guaranteed you'll become a slave of someone. But there's no guarantee because the whole market condition can change. And one thing that's sure, that as long as we're not Krishna conscious, it's guaranteed birth, death, old age and disease. That's guaranteed. And maybe once every, you know, 100,000 lifetimes or so, you might become Hiranyakashifu, you might become rich. And more times we'll be a beggar in the street. And a dog and a cat and a monkey and a giraffe and a rhinoceros and a, and a snake and a tree and a bird and a spider and a bug and so many things. So, better to be Krishna conscious. Guaranteed. Wealth guaranteed. And this wealth will fully satisfy. So if you have gold, what are you going to do? You can't chew it. There's no smell. Nothing you, you can buy. I don't know what the situation is in this country. In England, you're not allowed to even own gold. Is it allowed in this country? We don't see people with gold in this country. They say India is a poor country, but it, at least until recently, all the women used to wear gold. But in these so-called wealthy countries in the West, you never... Maybe they have a little ring or something, that's all. To show they're married. But that's also going out of fashion, right? Marriage, it's also... Something of the past. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Krishna consciousness is guaranteed wealth. And Srila Prabhupada has given us this process and he's even given us a process to be wealthy materially. Different processes. One of them, Srila Prabhupada said, print books and grow rich. <laughs> Prabhupada, he was, he often used to boast. You see, I started with 40 rupees and in 10 years I have so many houses all over the world. I printed so many books. But of course, Srila Prabhupada was completely renounced because he used everything for Krishna. So that's another kind of opulence if one has wealth to use it all for Krishna. You can be rich and not enjoy but actually enjoy by offering everything to Krishna just like one of Prabhupada's disciples he was doing a, a business in gems and he, he brought into Prabhupada one, one uh, necklace it was worth you know, some hundreds of thousands of pounds he put it on Prabhupada Prabhupada wore it for some days take it, sell it, use the money for Krishna Prabhupada wasn't attached. Otherwise, gemstones and gold, it, people, it kind of affects the mind and it incites greed. It has a, it's almost like a mystic effect. If people use gems for, for uh, astrological purposes, the gem is, almost has a mystical effect, isn't it? They say, one gem, what is that? That uh, pearl is supposed to be for the moon and... They're different. It's connected with different demigods, and it actually has some mystic effects. So if if you go into a place where there's lots of gold, and it tends to affect the mind, but Prabhupada is completely unaffected. Some of those Dashma Kanchana, seeing earth and gold, it's all the same. It's all Krishna's creation. Everything should be used for Krishna. Prabhupada was attached to black gold not the gold of this world. What is black gold? They say oil is black gold, but that's actually a name for Krishna. Kala Shona. Krishna is black gold. He means that he's more... He's very valuable, but blackish in complexion. And of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is gold of a... But transcendental gold, transcendental golden color. So Prabhupada gave us a 
process to be rich spiritually and materially maybe also. Krishna may give that. Prabhupada often said how our devotees, we don't do any business, we don't go to any work, we don't do any factory, we just sell books. And we're living very opulently and the neighbors are envious of us. We tell them, you come and join us. We're not keeping, you want to be opulent like us, you come and join. But they don't want to do that. And of course, uh, Prabhupada, he, another way he suggested that we be opulent was to live like Krishna. Krishna is a cowherd boy, living very opulently. And we see that even now the the earth is willing to give so much nice food and vegetables. You see this flowers, so beautiful. This is the earth. daily. You can get so many flowers. Mother Earth is giving for offering to Krishna. We can live with nice food and vegetables. If you live in the city, then you can pay. Even the, however much you pay, you won't get the same nice vegetables if you live on the land and grow them and pick them and offer them to Krishna. It doesn't matter how much money you have. So Srila Prabhupada was also suggesting that process that devotees can live on the land, live simply, and uh, live among the natural wealth which city people cannot get. Fresh air. When I, I came here, I was offered one packet of water purchased from a shop. It's supposed to be very good water. Natural, it says. But what's natural about water coming out of a packet? That means... <laughs> I say natural. But uh, if we live on the land, then we don't... There's no... Whoever thought of buying water, drinking water? But we live in such a condemned society that we have to buy water to drink. But that won't be as nice as if we're actually living on the land and taking the water which Krishna gives. This is real opulence. This is what Krishna likes. Krishna is the proprietor of everything. Krishna, we, we should offer him jewels and so many nice things. We'll find in the temples in India, which is one reason why the temples were attacked again and again by various demons, various Muslims and British. And they looted the temples because that's the culture. Rich people, they should offer jewels and gold in the temple. So all these nice things should be offered to Krishna, but Krishna, who's the proprietor of unlimited jewels and wealth, more than any jewels or gold, Krishna likes fresh flowers. Krishna's the greatest connoisseur. Vidagda means Krishna is aesthetic. So this is real opulence. We can live on the land and offer nice fruit, vegetables, milk and flowers to Krishna. Very fresh and nice and grow those things with bhakti and sing for Krishna. So this is real opulence. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he demonstrated that. He he left everything simply to talk about Krishna, sing about Krishna, remember Krishna. So this is real wealth in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dictionary. Radha Krishna Premja She Boral Dhani. So this Krishna conscious movement is the aim is to make everyone fabulously rich, but not materialistic. Spiritually rich. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is inviting. Is there any question about this? It's an easy thing to understand. But we are bewildered by mundane trinkets. You know what that is? Trinket? A trinket means cheap imitation jewelry. Baubles. That's another word. It means, you know that word, bauble? 
It means like, like this, um, it looks like some gem, but it's some cheap glass bead. So don't go after the baubles of material wealth. Search for the greatest wealth. Radha Krishna. Krishna Premja She Borodhani. Yes, please. Is there an extension, Mike? Okay. Okay. It seems that we missed the tangible experience. We missed the tangible experience? If we don't have the experience of Krishna consciousness, then therefore we will be attached to the mundane experience, yeah? That's true. Yeah, to get the transcendental experience, we just like that Sanatana Goswami told, you throw away this, this touchstone. Throw it away. As long as you're attached to that, then we cannot, as long as we're attached to material wealth, then we cannot get spiritual wealth. Bhogaishvarya prasaktanam tayapahrita chaitasam for those who are attached to material enjoyment and material opulence, those who are prasakta, they're very strongly attached to these things. Then for them, apahrita chetasa, their mind is stolen away. And they cannot fix their mind on the actual Wells. Hmm. Um, it seems like uh, life in the city brings a lot of misery. It seems like life in the city brings a lot of misery. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, and it also uh, looks like living in the city, we're cheated by the fact that we can use everything for Krishna's service, which we can. We're cheated by the fact that we can use everything for Krishna's service. You mean we tell ourselves that we're using everything for Krishna? By living in the city, but we're earning money, and continuing that kind of life. We can use everything for Krishna, but there's only one problem. We don't have everything. <laughs> we're just struggling to survive, isn't it, most of our devotees? They don't most of our devotees, they, they haven't seen much wealth. <laughs> hey, you really want to be wealthy? Become a sannyasi. <laughs> it's pretty good. I get more money than probably most of you. <laughs> really? I get lots of money. But then uh, I have to use it all in Krishna's service, otherwise I won't be a sannyasi. So that's the thing. As long as you use it all in Krishna's service, people give you money. Once you start to use it for your own sense gratification, they think, why the hell should I give it to him? I'll use it for my own sense gratification. (laughs) Because they're confident that you'll use it for Krishna's sense gratification, they think it's good. My money will be purified. So, yeah. That's another kind of opulence, isn't it? To, that money comes, but you don't use it for yourself. It's like, you know, it's just something that's there to use for Krishna, that's all. Not to be attached. Yeah, anything else? Yeah, please. Sometimes people keep, keep money for wealth. And because they are not sure which spiritual projects should be. Sometimes people keep money because they're not sure which spiritual project to use it for. So I'll keep it for my own spiritual project. If you have so much money. Well, that's another question. Sometimes people ask me, well, you know, the temple, it's not so good, and this and that, and we don't want to donate. But still, you see, just like uh, there are so many temples in India, and you know when you put the money in the box, it's going to go to the pujari. And, you know, he has a TV and everything, but still, people give money. It's, it's, the idea is there that if it's, it may be misused, but that's, still we should offer something to, it's, the offering is to the deity. And even if the pujari does watch TV, well, at least he's doing the puja, so... Something's, something's going on. If you don't give him something, then nothing will go on. Of course, you'd rather offer in a temple where everything is being used directly, transparently for Krishna. 
But uh, if you don't want, if you feel it's going to be misused, this, that, well, you can bring flowers, ghee, and different items which can be used. But the, but uh, you may you don't know which project to use it for. Well, there are many people like that. They don't know they're keeping money and they don't know which one to give it for. <laughs> You can give it to me. I've got plenty of projects. <laughs> or me. Or there's, there's so many good projects. So it's not that difficult to see that there are various projects which are being carried out by devotees which uh, they require Lakshmi. So it's an, it's an opportunity for us to donate something and become purified. That's the idea. If we may say, I don't know which one to give it to, but give it somewhere where it will be used by devotees who, are, who want to do something for Krishna. That's all. Printing books, building temples, worshipping the deity. I mean, that's a daily function has to go on. We're always thinking of this project, new project, this, that and the other, but the, the daily uh, service to the deity has to go on. That also requires Lakshmi, prasad and distribution, etc. Anything else? If not, I'll finish there. All right. Hare Krishna. Well, as I was saying about, uh, what is that, print books and go rich? If you ever get money, print books. Well, for so many years, devotees were asking me, when is your book on Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati going to be ready? So I'm glad that I won.